morning. Anybody here ever prayed like this? Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. It should be part of our prayer life. It should absolutely be a critical, fundamental, essential, daily, frankly, part of our prayer life. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I'm guilty of this too, but so often we say to God, listen, here, I'm talking, right? But really, we should say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening, and do our very best to quiet our mind and quiet our soul and be present to Almighty God. And that lesson is given to us in the first reading today. Samuel, a faithful disciple, a young man with a particular mission that's being given to him by God, but he has to listen to what God has to say. And when God speaks to him, he has to have the courage to fulfill. And that's going to take a kind of almost constant process of being filled. So today, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Now we go to John the Baptist. John the Baptist is baptizing. He looks up. He sees Jesus. What does he say? Behold, you all know it. Behold the Lamb of God. Now, when he identifies Jesus as the Lamb of God, when he identifies Jesus as the Lamb of God, what image comes to our mind as the Lamb of God? And I remember a few years ago hearing a, a priest, actually Bishop Barron, commenting on this gospel. And he said, he said, sometimes people have the idea perhaps that when John says, behold, the Lamb of God, he's describing Jesus as this gentle little lamb. But that is completely wrong. When John says, behold, the Lamb of God, he's not thinking of Mary had a little lamb, fleece as white as snow. That's not the lamb uh, in the mind of John when he says, behold, the Lamb of God. It is the Passover lamb. It is the Paschal lamb. It is the lamb that will be sacrificed and the blood of that lamb will mark the houses of those who believe. That's the lamb. When I say to you in a few minutes from now, I stand behind the altar over there and I hold up the host and I say, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. We are supposed to remember he is our Passover. His blood is that which was shed for the forgiveness of our sins that we would be free. You are precious and valuable and the Lamb of God has been slaughtered for you. St. Peter tells us in one of his letters, realize that you were ransomed from futile conduct handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, a spotless, unblemished lamb. The lamb whose blood washes us clean. Behold the lamb of God. And so, the Jews at the first Passover would have slaughtered the lamb. They would have marked their houses with the lamb. They would have eaten the lamb. We remember, behold the lamb of God right before we do what? Before we consume the, the Passover lamb. The Passover lamb. You know, 
there's a lot of incredible things that I hope we can try to connect this morning. You know that we worship God in our bodies. Did you hear that in the first reading? Your body was made for the Lord. Did you hear that? Let me repeat it just in case you didn't hear me say it just now, or just in case you didn't hear it in the reading, the second reading today. Your body was made for the Lord and the Lord for your body. Now, how does that make sense? Your body was made for the Lord and the Lord for your body. How does that make sense? Well, let me tell you, we were given this body in order to worship Almighty God with it. And God gives us himself in the Paschal Lamb that he would nourish and strengthen us, mind, body, and spirit. That has got to be part of the way we see the world and the way we see ourselves. So, my brothers and sisters, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And now I'm going to spend a few minutes and not nearly as much time as I want to talking about the second reading. The second reading today was written by St. Paul to the Corinthians. The Corinthians lived in the Greek city of Corinth. In the Greek city of Corinth, the Corinthians uh, had a long history of pagan worship. St. Paul visited Corinth and he established a Christian community in Corinth. It was my privilege to go visit the ruins of that community to see the, and see the modern Christian church that's still there to this very day. But I got to go visit Corinth. But back when Paul visited Corinth 2,000 years ago, it had a culture that we would describe as steeped in paganism. And this pagan culture that St. Paul was trying to evangelize, it had a temple. There was a temple in Corinth that still would have existed when St. Paul wrote this letter. And the temple in Corinth would have been dedicated to the Greek god Aphrodite, the Roman god Venus. And in the Corinthian temple, there was a tremendous amount of what we would call immorality, what we would call more specifically sexual immorality. In fact, the, the Corinthian temple would have had temple prostitutes, male and female temple prostitutes, that would have degraded their bodies and the bodies of their clients as all part of the worship in the pagan system that they lived in. That was Corinthian culture, okay? And when St. Paul evangelized the Corinthians and they became Christians and they were baptized and they changed their lives, there was something beautiful about that. There was something attractive about it. It was something grand about it. But then over the period of months and years and decades, what would have begun to happen? They would have been kind of, unfortunately, some of them might have started to backslide. 
and go back to the old ways, going from the Christian culture back into Corinthian culture. And so what was St. Paul's response to that? He wrote him a letter, okay? We have that letter. It's called 1 Corinthians. We have a second letter he had to write called 2 Corinthians that he wrote encouraging the people not to allow themselves to slide back into Corinthian culture. And I'm gonna read the reading that we had just a moment ago as the second reading today in a little deeper context of this letter. And again, how many times have I encouraged you all to get your own Bibles out and to read your own Bibles and to get familiar with these stories and these passages, but just this reality. Paul is writing to Christians in a very pagan culture that are being tempted to abandon their Christian faith and return to paganism. So he says, and I'm reading from chapter 6 of 1 Corinthians, verse 9, do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived neither fornicators, a fornicator is someone who has sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, the people that would have been going to the Corinthian idol, uh, uh, temple, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, people who are married that are having, if you will, an open marriage or serial uh, monogamy, but still not in a committed one man, one woman relationship. So neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor boy prostitutes, again, male and female prostitutes in the temple, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor robbers will inherit the kingdom of God. This is what some of you used to be, he says to them. But you had yourself washed. What do you think he's talking about when he says you had yourself washed? Baptism. You had yourself washed. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the spirit of God. The body is not for immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord is for the body. Did you hear that? Your body is not for immorality. What is your body for? The Lord. And what was happening to the Corinthians? They were forgetting that their body was for the Lord and they were being tempted to go back into a pagan culture. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I make then a member of Christ's body and make it a member of a prostitute? Of course not. Do you not know that anyone who joins himself to a prostitute, and Paul's thinking of the temple prostitutes now, become one with her and the two become one flesh. Whoever is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Avoid immorality. Every other sin a person commits outside of the body, but the immoral person sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit whom you have from God? and that you are not your own, that you have been purchased for a price. And what was the price? Behold the Lamb of God. 
who takes away the sins of the world. Realizing that you were ransomed from your futile conduct handed on by your ancestors, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of a spotless and unblemished lamb. So a couple of things to hold in front of you that when St. Paul wrote his letter to the Corinthians 2000 years ago, it was counter cultural. It was against the prevailing culture of the day. St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians is countercultural today. Every day becoming more and more countercultural. My brothers and sisters, you are precious. You are valued. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are not your own. You know, this idea, you are not your own. Some people chafe against that. They say, it's my body. I can do whatever I want with it. And we say, no, no, this is a beautiful teaching. This is a comforting teaching. This is a freeing teaching. This is, this is a teaching that lifts you up out of the dirt of the world. You were purchased for a price. Worship God with your body. Let it be comforting. God, our forgiving Father, draws us into his family. My brothers and sisters, we're going to have a confirmation this morning. We're going to renew our baptismal promises. We're going to remember that we were washed. that we were washed over, that we were given a new spirit, that we were elevated, that we're called out of the culture of paganism into the culture of Christ. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, boy prostitutes, sodomites, thieves, the greedy, drunkards. You used to be that. You're not that anymore. You're a child of God. Worship God in your body. My brothers and sisters, Catholic culture, Christian culture, this thing that's happening now is that more and more Corinthian culture is, is invading even the church. And people are saying, people are saying, we want to be both Corinthian and Christian at the same time. It doesn't work that way. Your body is for the Lord. And so, my brothers and sisters, we pray this day. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. I pray that we can renew a Christian culture right here in this family, but we have to understand what we're up against. I'm gonna, I have a whole lot more. I promise you I could go on and on and about this reading, but uh, with the confirmation today and, and, the, and the challenge of, of, of time, uh, I say to you, we're Christians. Let us live as a Christian culture and remember your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. Don't go to the temple of the idols and the pagans.
and that it's not there's no temple it's now it's the internet now it's the hookup culture now it's all of those things but it is unfortunately very present in our culture today we are christians let us live a christian culture <laughs>